This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Today we're going to talk about infectious diseases, but we're going to start off by talking about infectious causes of diarrhea. These are common in the backcountry uh, because it's, there's a lot of bacteria in the water, and, uh, and people take bacteria and viruses into the backcountry and the food they bring out. Really, most of the causes of diarrhea can be found on the food that we bring out with us on our hands or, or in our nostrils. Um, getting diarrhea at home is uh, very uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but in the backcountry, it uh, makes the, the trip extremely difficult and problematic. It's hard to hike or to do your activity if you have diarrhea. It's estimated up to 30% of adventure travelers will experience some kind of diarrhea during their uh, expedition. The, mass, the vast majority of these are passed through the fecal-oral uh, route. A lot of them get to get better uh, without any uh, intervention. We divide uh, gastroenteritis or the diarrhea that, uh, in backcountry medicine into four categories. It's easy to define them this way, and it makes it easier to treat and also to diagnose. One is staph diarrhea. Second is non-dysenteric diarrhea. Third is dysenteric diarrhea. And the fourth is protozoal uh, type of diarrhea. The first one, staph uh, diarrhea, which we'll call staphylococcal enteritis, uh, is a very common form of gastroenteritis. It's caused by eating food that has a heat-stable toxin on it. It's produced by staphylococcal aureus. The bacterium of staph is found on the normal skin floor. In fact, it's all over skin. It tends to live in the nostrils uh, above the mouth. And so uh, people who uh, touch their mouth or touch their nostrils get staph on their hands, and then the staph gets on the food during preparation. Um, If the food has a protein, staph has a predilection to grow on that. So things such as uh, milk, cream, meat, custards, and particularly mayonnaise, are infamous for carrying uh, the staph. Staph then produces a toxin. It's not unusual for uh, bacteria to pr- produce toxins. In fact, they do this. T- uh, staph has one that is uh, very heat stable and uh, produces a very, very nasty reaction in humans. Symptoms of the diarrhea and vomiting usually occur one to three, maybe even six hours after somebody begins eating. If you had to average it, it's typically, they say, two to three hours afterwards. You get cramping, vomiting, and as the toxins move in the intestines, then you get a really bad diarrhea. It takes about 24 hours for this to get through. As a consequence, we often call it the 24-hour flu or 24-hour diarrhea. Once the toxin is gone, people get better rather quickly. So typically, someone can stay on a trip in the backcountry if, if you think that they have staph uh, caused diarrhea, just pr- principally because they'll usually get better uh, uh, quicker. Uh, one of the problems is that the toxins that are absorbed into the into the body, they can get into the muscles, they can cause cramping, and people will, f- will feel pretty sick, uh, maybe even for a couple of days afterwards. But the best way to uh, pr- cure staphylococcal enteritis is to prevent it with proper hygiene and sanitation with food uh, preparation. This seems like something that would be uh, easy to accomplish, but in the backcountry it becomes hard in that it's hard. sometimes people forget to wash their hands before they eat or before they prepare foods. They touch their nose while they're preparing the food. It gets a staph on it. The, sta- the toxins are released, 
and uh, people uh, get sick. One rule is make sure you wash your hands with hot soapy water while alcohol sanitizers are good. There's very little uh, substitution for hot soapy water. This is true for food, for uh, plates and knives and forks. Make sure little bits and pieces of food are off of those. Make sure the water is hot. And don't trust leftovers in the wilderness, even if they're refrigerated. It's hard to carry things, uh, keep things cool. And a lot of times you'll put food in your backpack and it's warm. And if there's any protein at all, any staff, the, the toxins will be shed and you'll get sick the next time you eat. The second kind of diarrhea we talked about is non-dysenteric gastroenteritis or non-dysentery diarrhea. This is uh, very common in the back country. The main characteristic of non-dysentery is that there is no blood in the stool. And the patient typically will not have a fever. This is because bacteria do not invade or enter into the wall of the intestine. When bacteria become invasive, blood is spilled into the lumen of the intestine, and the body will usually amount a fever. Non-dysenteric gastroenteritis has many, many different organisms, including enterotoxigenic E. coli, or sometimes called ETEC, rotavirus, norovirus, many hundreds of other viruses, and then it has a particularly nasty uh, bacteria called Vibrio cholera. All of these are considered to be uh, non-dysenteric because they don't invade. Enterotoxigenic uh, E. coli, sometimes called ETEC, is by far the most common cause of diarrhea in developing countries and areas in the world. 70% of them, in fact, are uh, caused by what we call traveler's diarrhea. So if you travel to other countries... Diligence in what is consumed must be maintained. Symptoms include profuse watery diarrhea, abdominal cramping, and malaise. Incubation time uh, from infection uh, to occur is usually uh, 12 to uh, 72 hours and uh, is usually treated with an antibiotic. Since it, the, the turnover time is quickly on this, uh, the, the person will usually get the diarrhea while they're on their trip. Vibrio cholera is uh, a bacterial, another bacterial cause of uh, non-dysenteric diarrhea. Anciently, it came out of the oceans, and it's not that anciently, but it is within human lifetime. Uh, it originally attached to the shells and the chitin of snails, and ultimately uh, got onto seashells. So that's why eating seashells, uh, like crabs, shrimps, and other shellfish, uh, can uh, give you Vibrio cholera. It has been uh, virtually eliminated in the industrial, industrialized world, although that has not always been the case. Even in the United States, uh, uh, infant mortality uh, 100 years ago was very high because of uh, Vibrio cholera. This disease often appears in areas that have had recent disasters. It's not clear when or where an outbreak will occur. There is cholera sitting in cisterns and in swamps and places that when water may fill that area and flood, uh, then it will get into the drinking water. So um, it's uh, found naturally uh, in, the, uh, in the feces of an infected person. So it's usually found in, and spread in places that have inadequate water treatment, poor sanitation, inadequate hygiene. Uh, approximately 1 in 10 people that are infected will develop a very serious case of this disease and could die due to dehydration. It produces a toxin uh, very similar to ETEC, but much more powerful. It is characterized by uh, an explosive rice water diarrhea that can produce uh, fluid up to a rate of a liter per hour. Uh, 
A vaccine is available, but the CDC does not recommend it for most travelers. The best or uh, treatment for cholera is to rehydrate the victim. If you're in a place where a cholera is suspected and is severe, uh, you, you have to be very, very careful uh, with this. So uh, adequate uh, prevention and hygiene is essential. And if someone you think has uh, cholera, water and electrolytes must be uh, replaced. Antibiotics are an option for this, but fluid replacement is critical. The antibiotics that used are the fluoroquinolones and the, uh, the tetracyclines. Rotavirus is uh, another very common cause of uh, non-dysenteric diarrhea. It's usually found in children because they, uh, they, they're more susceptible and their symptoms are greater. Adults get it, but they have much milder symptoms. The symptoms usually will begin about two days after a person is exposed to it. So you could feel symptoms if your uh, wilderness trip lasts longer than two days. Vomiting and watery diarrhea are very common, and they can last three to eight days. Young children and infants spread it uh, uh, from family members and to other people which they have close contact with. So if somebody has rotavirus, a child in the back country, anybody can get it out there. People who are infected with rotavirus shed the virus in their stool. This is how it gets uh, into the environment. People are likely to infect rotavirus when they are having symptoms and during the first two or three days afterwards. It's a virus, so fluid replacement is the treatment. Norovirus, another non-dysentery cause of diarrhea, is the most common cause of acute gastroenteritis in the United States and Canada, also in the industrialized world. Each year, it causes up to 20 million cases. 50 to 70,000 people are hospitalized, and a half a million people uh, in the United States last year died of norovirus. Very, very common. A person can contract the norovirus many times during their lifetime because there are many different strains of noroviruses. Infection with one type of a norovirus does not protect you against another type. This explains why so many people of all ages become infected during a norovirus outbreak. Also, whether you are susceptible to norovirus infection is also determined by your genes. Norovirus is extremely contagious. You can become infected by accidentally ingesting just a few tiny particles of feces or vomit in your mouth. That is, you don't have to eat the food with the virus on it. It can land on the countertop. If somebody coughs that had a uh, little vi uh, viral uh, par uh, on particles of a vomit, it, you can get that. Uh, the, if you contract the norovirus illness, you can shed billions of norovirus particles that you can't see without a microscope. So it becomes extremely contagious. So it, uh, uh, when tiny drops of vomit from an infected person spray through the air and land on the food, it'll spread that way as well. These explain why it is so contagious. It is found on backcountry river trips, hiking trips, because of these, uh, these reasons. It's a virus, so antibiotics do not help. You need fluid uh, replacement. Uh, treatment for all non-dysentery diarrhea is that it's they're only self-limiting. Uh, the toxins from ETEC and from Vibrio cholera are pretty profound. So the mainstay of treatment is rehydration and the replacement of fluids and electrolyte losses. The oral intake should at least approximate fluid losses in the stool. 
urine volume and color should be monitored as gross indicators of the hydration status. Moderately dehydrated adults and most children may require the uh, World Health Oral Rehydration Solution, the ORS. You can buy it or you can create it using salt, some baking soda, and uh, sugar with a little bit of potassium chloride. There's a debate over whether to use anti-motility agents. In the backcountry, if you're hiking, it's hard to do things like that if you have diarrhea. So loperamide or uh, Pepto-Bismol may keep you from going to the bathroom, but then they keep the toxins in you. So this is a debate and, and a decision that you'll have to make if you are in the backcountry recreating and somebody has uh, diarrhea with no blood or a fever. Antibiotics may be needed for severe cases of ETEC and uh, cholera. The CDC uh, recommends antibiotics if a patient experiences three or more episodes of diarrhea in an eight-hour uh, period. Fluoroquinolones are the, the mainstay. However, in May of 2016, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration began advising that the use of fluoroquinolones for patients with sinusitis, bronchitis, and uncomplicated urinary tract infections who have other treatment options should be instigated instead. This is because uh, fluoroquinolones are associated with the disabling and potentially permanent serious side effects involving tendons, ligaments, muscles, joints, and even the central nervous system. However, this advisory does not include dysentery or GI diseases, but should be a consideration with prescribing. The third cause of diarrhea or gastroenteritis, we said, is uh, dysentery gastroenteritis. Dysentery uh, is defined as blood and in the stool and a fever. Sometimes the fever can be very high, such as in typhoid fever. The fever occurs because the bacteria enter into the wall of the intestines. Blood is spilled into the lumen, and the body will typically mount a fever to help kill the pathogen. Approximately 50% of travel and wilderness-related diarrhea is due to dysentery. Shigella, Campylobacter, Enterohemorrhagic E. coli, or HEHEC, and Salmonella are the ones that are the most common. Shigella uh, uh, causes about a half a million cases of diarrhea in the United States every year. The disease itself is called shigellosis, and it is found in the stool of sick people while they have diarrhea. Shigella germs are very contagious. It only takes one on the lips to cause someone to become sick. People can contract shigellosis when they swallow something that has come into contact with the stool of someone who is infected with shigellosis. You can get shigella on your hands after changing the diaper of a sick child or caring for a sick person. Eating contaminated food or swallowing lake or river water is another common way to become infected. Symptoms of shigellosis typically start one to two days after exposure to the disease. A person quickly becomes symptomatic while they're on a backcountry trip. People who have shigellosis improve that antibiotic treatment in five to seven days. But if you're on a backcountry trip, you probably want to get treated before that. People sick with shigellosis should not use medications that cause the gut to slow down and interferes with the way the body digests food, such as emodium. Antibiotics for people with severe 
uh, sugarlosis will help them get better faster. Some antibiotics are not particularly effective against uh, shigella, however. Campylobacter is the most common bacterial cause of diarrheal illness in the United States and in Canada. Patients will have a bloody diarrhea, fever, and stomach cramps. Nausea and vomiting may accompany the diarrhea. Symptoms usually start two or five days after infection last about a week. So this is another one of those diseases that can happen on the backcountry trip, depending upon how long uh, you're out there. This is one that you could treat with an uh, antibiotic. Campylobacter comes primarily from birds, but it can come through cows and other animals that have campylobacter in them. It's estimated that over 90% of birds in the world have campylobacter in their cloaca. A study that was done in uh, uh, 2015 in the United States found that 25% of all raw chicken bought from retailers had campylobacter on it. This is illustrative of how important it is to uh, cook chicken uh, thoroughly uh, to kill the campylobacter if nothing else. Birds love to defecate in water as they swoop down over it, thus putting campylobacter in the water. So it's spread by drinking river water. It's found in cows, and so cows will also defecate in the water. Birds are the biggest carrier of uh, campylobacter throughout the world. Uh, most people recover without antibiotic. People should drink extra fluids. Antibiotics, az azithromycin, are particularly uh, useful for the treatment of Campylobacter. One important fact to know is that approximately one in every thousand people who have Campylobacter will then go on to develop Guillain-Barre syndrome. People with Guillain-Barre syndrome can have muscle weakness, sometimes paralysis that can last for weeks with symptoms going on for months, if not years. Estimates indicate that as many as 40% of Guillain-Barre syndrome cases in the United States may have been triggered by Campylobacter. Another cause of uh, Dysentery is enterohemorrhagic E. coli, EHEC, different from ETEC. There are a number of different serotypes. One of the most famous is 0157-87, which causes fever and bloody diarrhea, and then can progress to the hemolytic uremic syndrome. E. coli 0157 comes from food or water contaminated with cow manure. In 2011, uh, with a large outbreak in Europe, O. Uh, 104 outbreak was transmitted by contaminated raw bean sprouts. The organism can also be transmit, uh, transmitted by the fecal oral, oral route and can be found in backcountry river waters. After ingesting, the bacteria produces high levels of toxins, similar to the other ones that we've discussed. The toxins are closely related to that produced by Shigella, as EHEC and Shigella are related genetically. Somewhere in the recent past, e, uh, ETEC and uh, Shigella combined to form EHEC. About 5 to 10% of cases, mostly children, are complicated by the hemolytic urinic syndrome, which typically develops in the second week after an illness. People can die from this, especially the elderly. EHEC infection typically begins with severe abdominal cramp, diarrhea that can become grossly bloody uh, after uh, the exposure. In fact, some patients have said that their diary is all blood and no stool, which gave the gave rise to the term enterohemorrhagic E. coli. There is a low-grade uh, low fever that is a, a, can get up to 39 or even a 40 degrees uh, centigrade. Uh, the mainstay for uh, uh, treatment of EHEC is supportive like it is for the others. Although E. coli is sensitive to most commonly used antibiotics, 
most antibiotics don't alleviate symptoms particularly or reduce the number of organisms, or they don't prevent hemolytic uremic syndrome. In fact, fluoroquinolones like Cipro are suspected of increasing release of enterotoxins and thus increasing the risk of hemolytic uremic syndrome. Salmonella or salmonosis is also a common bacterial disease that affects the uh, intestinal tract. People become infected mostly through contaminated water or food. Typically, people with salmonella infection have no symptoms. Others can get the typical bloody diarrhea and fever, abdominal cramping with 8 to 72 hours. So this is one that can happen on the trip. The risk of acquiring salmonella infection is higher if you travel to countries with poor sanitation. It's usually found on untreated meat, poultry, eggs, and egg products. The incubation time, again, is several hours to uh, two days. The worst type of uh, salmonella is called typhoid fever. It's caused by the uh, organism Salmonella typhi. Typhoid fever occurs worldwide, but is um, commonly contracted in developing countries. If you have a high fever while traveling, uh, the most likely infectious cause is malaria. But the second most likely cause is typhoid fever. Humans are the only host for Salmonella typhi, and transmission occurs commonly through the ingestion of contaminated food and water. This disease is also spread by contact with chronic carriers where the disease lives in the gallbladder without symptoms. So you have to be careful because people can have salmonella typhi but won't know because it's they're just carriers and won't have the disease. So the incubation of typhoid fever is usually 7 to 14 days. People are usually home from this. They get a pea soup kind of diarrhea. Although less common, sometimes constipation can occur. It is caused by the swollen lymphoid tissue surrounding the uh, ileocecal valve. The patient's temperature with uh, typhoid fever rises slowly during the first week, and it usually gets up to 104 uh, degrees Fahrenheit or 4 degrees centigrade. You can get a rash on the trunk uh, that appears uh, to be uh, uh, row spots. After three weeks, the, f- uh, the fever typically abates, but uh, again, you need to make sure that uh, patients are hydrated and uh, uh, are treated with a, an antibiotic. Complications of typhoid fever include intestinal perforation, hemorrhage, sepsis, uh, with multisystem failure and death. So this is one you want to keep a close eye on. There is an immunization available uh, in an oral and injectable form, and it is recommended when traveling to endemic areas. Treatment for typhoid fever really is supportive, as we said, Antibiotic treatment reduces the duration of the disease and has very good effect on the complication rate. Azithromycin uh, is the the treatment of choice. The last cause of diarrhea that we want to talk about and uh, the fourth cause of diarrhea is uh, protozoal causes of diarrhea. Uh, Giardia lamblia is the main culprit in this area. It is a single-celled parasite that exists in a cyst and a trophozoite form. Infected individuals pass the cyst around in the stools where they can live for up to three months. Many animals have this disease, including the beaver, which was once indicated as the main carrier for it, although deer, dogs, cattle, sheep, humans, and rodents can carry it around. It infects water supplies and can infect many people at one time. Uh, Even if you go to a pristine water source, you have to consider that it has giardia in it. Drinking contaminated water is the primary source of infection, but it can be spread by fecal-to-oral route. Uh, infection doses can be uh, just 25 cysts or even less will uh, cause the disease. 
only about 50% of infected people will be, will be symptomatic. Of those, uh, many will go on to become chronic carriers. Incubation time for Giardia is usually one to three weeks after you get it. So most people are home from their trip when they get the diarrhea from uh, Giardia. Uh, Giardia uh, really presents with diarrhea. 90% or more of the cases have it. And usually it's reported as a foul-smelling soft stool that smells like rotten eggs. And if you with people with Giardia, they smell like rotten eggs. Um, other symptoms include malaise, bloating, cramping, nausea, vomiting, though that's rare, and sometimes they can get a, low, uh, a low-grade fever. Chronic diarrhea can last to months and even longer. Anyone suspecting of having Giardia should be treated with uh, an antimicrobial. Tinidazole is the only uh, drug that has been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for the treatment of Giardia. It is given as two grams by mouth one time. Its compliance is high, it has very few side effects, and is much better than metronidazole or flagyl, which is most commonly given, which has enormous side effects and is not nearly as effective. Many clinicians still give metronidazole, but uh, encourage them to use uh, tinidazole. Well, uh, there are other causes of diarrhea and there are other um, protozoal causes. Those can be included in your studies and uh, always be aware of uh, sanitation, particularly hand washing and throwing away old food sources and making sure that you treat the water before you drink it. Uh, This ends this podcast. And again, thank you for listening.